Good morning again, everyone. It was one of our preachers at home that, you know, said being a preacher was a very difficult thing because he said being a preacher, he said you get a Sunday dinner every every day of the week and you get a Christmas dinner every Sunday. And, and you know, that, that has been, been our experience uh, here, folks. We, we we're very touched with all the love and kindness uh, that you have shown to us these last uh, few few weeks when we've been here. And, um, you know, I know that uh, Anne and I both feel very much part of the fellowship here. And we, we fly home tomorrow. Uh, we, we ask for your prayers for a safe, a safe journey and trust that we will be able to come back again soon if the Lord will. Now... We're going to try and uh, finish up uh, with Joseph uh, the, the, this morning. So let's lead, read again in the book of Genesis, please, in the uh, 41st chapter. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 41. And reading at verse number 41. And Joseph said, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen. And he put a chain, a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried before him by the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paneah And he gave him to wife Asenath the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. <clears throat> and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout <clears throat> all the land of Egypt. Now chapter 43, just for a couple of verses, please. <clears throat> chapter 43 and verse number 29. This is when Joseph's brethren come to him with Benjamin. Verse 29, And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom you spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste for his, but his inwards did yearn upon his brother, and he sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there. And he washed his face and went out, and refrained himself, and said, Set on bread. Now chapter 45, for a brief reading. <clears throat> chapter 45. <clears throat> Verse 1. Then Joseph 
could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him, while Joseph made known himself unto his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now look at verse 15. This is one of the most touching verses in all this story. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. After that, his brethren, and after that, his brethren talked with him. Now, just one more verse in chapter 46 and verse 29. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Now, these are lovely verses, and we know there's a blessing just in the reading of God's own Word. I'm sure you've probably noticed that when God wants to bring before us the great story of creation, he will, de- he will take just two chapters in the beginning of the book of Genesis. Just two chapters for the great story of creation. But when God wants to bring before us the life of Joseph, He brings before us 13 chapters in the book of Genesis. And you and I might think, you know, it should be around the other way, maybe 13 for creation and two on Joseph. But God says, no, two for creation and 13 for Joseph. So that God must have a want, it must be God's desire that there are lessons in the life of Joseph that he would have each and every one of us to learn. For our benefit, and for our spiritual blessing. And I have tried over these last number of weeks just in the garments of Joseph to show you some of these things that God would have us to learn. And we come to the fourth garment today. We have talked about the three in the weeks that are past. And the fourth garment that I have read about today is the garment that Pharaoh gave unto Joseph. And he read, Joseph, we have read, in a garment of fine linen. Now, it's interesting that Joseph is the longest ruler in all of the Bible. When Joseph came to the throne of Egypt, he was 30 years of age. And he was 110 years of age when he died. So that Joseph reigned for 80 years, the longest ruler anywhere that we read of in all of our Bible. And in all those years, he was arrayed in the garments of fine linen that that Pharaoh presented unto him. Now, what were these garments of fine linen? Pharaoh wanted to ensure that Joseph would be distinguished from all the other brethren, that Joseph would be different from all the rest, that Joseph would be displayed in garments of dominion 
and garments that showed his authority and garments that showed his power. And for those 80 long years, Joseph was, was arrayed in garments of fine linen that displayed that he was different from all the men who were around him. Now, last week, at the end of our meeting, I was going to give you a little bit of homework. I, I know that you're all kind of fond of fond of homework, and I know you were all disappointed that we ran out of time and it didn't. I wasn't able to give you your homework. And here was the homework that I was going to give you, and then I'll have to give you the answer and save all the problems. I was going to say to you, now I want you to find out which of the four garments, the, 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 the coat of many colors, the servant's garment, the prison garment, or the fine linen that Pharaoh gave him, which is the most important in all of our Bible? Which is the most important of the four? Now, when I have asked that at home, everybody has said, the colored coat, because that's the best known, Joseph's multicolored, technicolored coat, dream coat. That's the best one. That's the one that's most important. Everybody knows about that coat. Now, I'm not going to ask for hands up, but if you said that coat, you were wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. Because I want to suggest to you that the most important coat that Joseph had was the garment that Pharaoh gave him. And I'll tell you why. That multicolored coat, his brethren stripped from off his back and dipped it in blood. That servant's coat was left in Potiphar's wife's hand as evidence of a sin that he didn't do. The servant's coat, the, the prison coat rather, the prison coat, you remember he had to change it before he went up to face Pharaoh. It says he changed his garments and shaved himself. But brothers and sisters, those garments of distinction, those garments of authority, those garments of power that Pharaoh gave him, no hand could ever take them from him. He wore those garments with distinction for 80 long years and nobody stripped them, nobody left them, nobody took them, nobody changed them. They were garments of his, garments of beauty and garments of glory. All those years of his rule in Egypt. Who does it remind us of this morning? Does it not remind us again of our blessed Lord? The one who died on Calvary's tree that we were reminded of this morning. That was laid in Joseph's tomb. But on the third day rose again. And God has highly exalted him. And given him a name that's above every name. He wears those garments of glory and of beauty in the courts of heaven above. And the Father has given him a double crown, a crown of glory and a crown of honor. He's glorified in his person and he's honored in his position. And that shall never ever end for all eternity to come. You know, when I, <clears throat> when I was a boy at home, we didn't have a television in our home. 
And that was difficult for me because, and some of you older folks will be able to empathize with me in this, I was very fond of cowboys and the westerns and the range rider and Dick West, all American boy. And thankfully for me, just four doors up the street, our neighbor had a television. And I used to snip up there, you see, as often as I could. And, you know, watch the the cowboys and all the rest. And I remember one night going up into that house. And as I, I can see it yet happening, as I went into the house, my neighbor turned around. And as I was just coming in the door, he said to me, President Kennedy has been shot. President Kennedy is dead. And I remembered exactly where I was and the time it was whenever the president was shot. Now the reason I'm telling you that is this. Whenever the president died, the most powerful man on earth, whenever the president died, all his authority died with him. He didn't take it with him. Mr. Johnson took it up in his place. But isn't it lovely to remind our hearts this morning that when the Lord Jesus died, he took all his authority with him. He said, all power is given unto me, not only on earth, but in heaven. And I tell you those hymns, especially that hymn of Joseph Scriven from Banbridge in the north of Ireland touched my heart this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus the one who was crucified and risen and glorified in heaven above and wearing those garments of eternal glory. Brothers and sisters, we're on the winning side. We have a friend that the world doesn't have. And regardless of trials or troubles, we have one that will never ever let us down. The garments of Joseph. I trust that the lessons of them have been sweet to our hearts. Now there's another side to Joseph that I want to speak a little bit about this morning. You remember that one of the weeks we spoke about his trials, the trials of Joseph. This morning I want to speak a little bit about his tears, the tears of Joseph. Now this is a, a subject that I think will interest everyone in our service this morning. Because there's hardly one, maybe no one, in this gathering that in lifetime hasn't shed tears. The tears of believers, the tears of Christians. Everyone likely in this hall, in this gathering, has shed tears. And I want to speak about Joseph's tears. Do you know that Joseph was a man of sorrows? Eight times in our Bible, Joseph shed tears. Eight times Joseph wept in our Bible. Joseph was a man with a soft heart. And it's lovely, it's lovely, brothers and sisters, it is lovely that we can be soft-hearted. 
without being a softy. Joseph, Joseph was never a softy, but he had a soft heart. And you know, whenever God created mankind, God did something wonderful. God gave man a tear duct in order that man might be able to shed tears, something that the animal creation could never do. It's unique to mankind to be able to shed tears. And Joseph was a man who eight times in our Bible shed tears. I believe, by the way, and you can check this up, I believe that tears were introduced into the world as a result of sin. I never read of Adam shedding tears before the fall or Eve. There were no tears in the world before sin entered and Adam fell. But since those days, since that time that Adam fell, the amount of tears that have fallen in this sad and sorrowful world of ours, the tears, especially of of believers. Whenever I was a boy, I used to go to my granny's. She lived in the countryside. And we used to go to my granny, my grandmother's for our holidays. And one evening at the weekend, it was, they just, they lived in the country and they didn't have a daily newspaper. They just had a weekly newspaper. And one weekend on a Friday evening, my uncle, who lived with my grandmother, he brought in the weekly newspaper. And he um, all of a sudden reached it over to me and he said to me, have you seen that photograph? And in that photograph was a picture, you know, with flowers and a little cortege making its way through our home village to the graveyard. And it was a little boy from my class that had been, he was on a paper round. He came down a hill, his brakes didn't work, and he ran into a car. And in a moment of time, God took him home. A little boy of about nine, David Morgan. I remember his name yet. And you know, folks, as we went back after the end of the holidays into our little classroom, I tell you, bring a tear to my eye yet. David's little desk was empty. David's little seat was vacant. I remember shedding tears. So, all tears are not because of sin. There are tears of sorrow that we sometimes shed that are not because of sin. But I do believe it was sin that brought tears first into the world. But I want to tell you this. The last tears are going to be shed down here. There'll be no tears in the land that is fairer than day. Does not, does not the Bible say, say, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Brothers and sisters, what a place heaven is going to be, a land without tears. You know, the first man to shed tears in the Bible 
was Abraham. It interests me actually that when Abraham took his son Isaac up to deliver him upon that mount, it, it interests me that Abraham never shed a tear. But you know when he did shed a tear, he shed a tear when his beloved wife Sarah died. The Bible says he came to mourn and to weep for her. But it's interesting also that the first man to shed tears in the Bible was the first man to laugh in the Bible. He wasn't always shedding tears. And God one day told him at a hundred years of age, God said to him, you're going to have a son. And you know what the Bible says? It says he fell on his face and he laughed. I tell you, that must have been some laugh. It wasn't just a smile. It wasn't just a snigger. It was a full-blown laugh when he fell on his face and died. A son at a hundred years of age, but he believed God and God brought it to pass. So these are interesting things in relation to tears. Now, there are three times that of these eight experience, of these three times when, or eight times when Joseph shed tears, there are three different experiences when he shed tears that remind us again of our Lord Jesus Christ and of the tears that he shed when he was down here on earth. One of the times that uh, Joseph shed tears, he entered into his chamber. You remember that when he was presented with his brethren and his brethren knew him, he knew his brethren, but his brethren didn't know him. And he couldn't contain himself any longer and he withdrew into his chamber and nobody saw those tears. But God alone, he was the only one to see Joseph's tears in the chamber. There's a sister here there's a brother here, and God has seen your tears. The elders maybe haven't seen them. The preacher hasn't seen them. But just like Joseph, God has seen your tears. I want to tell you our blessed Lord shed tears in the garden, and nobody saw them but God. He took with him Peter, James, and John. He left them aside. The Bible says he went a little further. And with prayers and supplication, Hebrews 5, 7 says, with strong crying and tears, he prayed unto him that heard who was able to save him out of death and that he feared. The tears that God alone saw. And so I want to encourage everyone that has shed tears alone. We've all shed tears alone. Even our waves haven't seen some of our tears. Even our waves don't know some of our difficulties that we've shed tears about. God has seen those tears. He saw Joseph's tears. But then <clears throat> Joseph shed, shed other tears. You remember that we read that when his father came down to meet him, and Joseph went out to meet his father. He hadn't seen his father for 13 long years. He left when he was, thir- when he was 17. He was now 30 years of age that, that uh, <clears throat> Pharaoh had put him on the throne. He hadn't seen his father for at least 13 years, maybe more. And he falls on his father's neck and he weeps. The only one to see those tears were his father and his brethren. 
They weren't hidden tears. They were tears that were in the open. His father and his brethren saw those tears. There are folks here and, you know, we, the Bible says we should weep with those that weep. There are those that shed tears and we join with them. We can't help but engage with them in their tears, in their trials and in their sorrows and in their troubles. And did not, did not the Lord Jesus shed tears that his disciples saw? You remember one day in Luke nineteen forty one. It says he went up the Mount of Olives and he beheld the city and he wept over it. The only one to see those tears that were with him were his disciples. And he shed tears over a city. In the garden he shed tears over the whole world. In the Mount of Olives he shed tears over a city and over a nation. Brothers and sisters, at the graveside of Lazarus, he shed tears over a single man. And those that saw him looked on and said, Oh, behold how he loved him. And the tears, those tears of the Lord Jesus fell down his kingly countenance. And the Bible says, touchingly, Jesus wept. And there were times in Joseph's life when the Egyptians saw his tears as well. And they heard his weeping. And it reminds us of the Lord Jesus how he wept publicly at the grave of Lazarus. But I want to finish, <clears throat> I want to finish with this little thought that there were seven things, and we read about them, there were seven things that Pharaoh gave to Joseph. He gave him a ring and a robe. Uh, he gave him a chariot. I love to think of Joseph in that chariot. You know, once upon a time he was valued at 20 pieces of silver. I'm going to tell you this. He's worth more than 20 pieces of silver now. Sitting in that chariot behind Pharaoh, he's worth more than 20 pieces of silver now. Joseph gave him a chariot. And Joseph gave him a chain. Did you notice it was a gold chain? Men give him an iron chain. Psalm 105 says his feet were bound with fetters. And the iron touched his soul. But Pharaoh gave him a golden chain. A chain of rule and of authority and power. So he got a ring and a robe and a chariot and a chain. And he got a proclamation by the knee. And he got a new name, Safnath Paneah, the saviour of the world. But what I want to finish up on is this, that he got a new wife. He got a wife. Asenath. Asenath. You know, you will find that there are men in the Bible who feel God in this respect. They had more than one wife. But Joseph was a man of one wife. Asenath. And I want you to imagine a wee conversation that Joseph and Athanath are having. We're going to listen in for a minute on a wee conversation that they're having. And Joseph, I can see him putting his arm around Athanath and saying, there's something I want to tell you. 
What is it, Joseph? You don't know about my background. No, I don't know about that, Joseph. And Joseph will say, Asenath, I want to tell you, I have ten brethren. And one day they put me in a pit where there was no water. And one day they sold me as a slave. And one day I was put in prison for something that I didn't do. And all that happened before I ever met you. And Asenath would say, Joseph, that was, that was terrible. That, 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 that's unbelievable. But Joseph would say, Athanath, it was all worthwhile. Because because of my suffering, I met you. And you, I have you to share my glory. I have you to share my throne. I have you to share my life. Does not the Bible say in Isaiah 53, 11, about our blessed Lord, in that coming day, he shall see of the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. It was all worthwhile. I'm glad, I'm glad I died on Calvary. I'm glad that I took the sinner's place. I'm glad that I entered into the judgment and wrath of Calvary's tree, because I have you to share my glory with me. Oh, brothers and sisters, we're on the winning side. He is our friend. He's going to share eternity with us in heaven above. And as we think on these things, we can only but say, Hallelujah, what a Savior. May the Lord bless his word and all our hearts. So we just commend ourselves to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do give thanks for these delightful stories from the Bible that not only challenge our hearts, but cheer our hearts as well. And we give thanks for this lovely character of Joseph who has reminded us so visibly of our blessed Lord. And we trust the result of these studies might be that we might be drawn closer to him in the days that are yet to come. Help us in our walk and help us in our worship and help us, Lord, as we make our way home to heaven that we might be better Christians again than we have ever been before. We we, we give thanks for all the Christians here, Lord. They're lovely, lovely Christians. We, we, We give thanks for them, everyone. Remember the young people. We covet them for the Lord. We'd love to see them going on for God. We pray that every parent in this gathering this morning might be blessed by seeing their family going on for God. So, Lord, Receive our thanks for these happy times together. Sanctify thy word to our hearts and take us now quietly to our homes in peace and in quietness and in safety as we commit ourselves to thee with thanksgiving in the Savior's precious name. Amen.